I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colin and Fancy Football Podcast, Bada Podcast Channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by just one of the guys. It is resident old man Clark Barnes. Clark, how you doing today? Doing great, Pete. Splendid. Just the two of us. We can make it, Clark, if we try. I feel like it's someone you. should write a song about that and write, so write a catchy. song about us. Yeah, I feel like it would be uh, a hit, you know, maybe like one, two decades ago. I feel like people would listen to it. Um, yeah, and since it's just the two of us, we're just going to talk some news. Obviously, the biggest news that went down uh, was Carson Wentz, now no longer a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. He has, in fact, been traded to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, re- reunited, and it feels so good. That also seems like it could be a good song. Uh, with his previous offensive coordinator, Frank Reich. Um, And the trade was a 2021 third, a 2022 second. That could become a first. So straight off the bat, Clark, do you like this trade for the, for the, for Wentz, for the Colts? Like what is your vibe now that Carson Wentz is hopefully reuniting with someone who can bring out, has proven that at one point could bring out the best of him. So this is our second Carson Wentz has been traded show. <laughs> are we sure this? Are we sure? Are we sure? Is he going to pull I think a the Josh first McDaniels? time? It was, it was like a first in Nick Foles. And I was, I thought that that was a, you know, not great to give yeah. up a first and get a slightly worse quarterback back for a second and a third. I imagine for this to become a first, the Colts have to like win the Super Bowl or <laughs> Carson Wentz is a throw for like 5,000 yards and and 50 touchdowns. Okay. So I think it's a good move for the Colts, right? A a second and a third, let's call it. Uh, Maybe a first if Wentz is like unbelievably productive, which you'll you'll give up. Right, which you're happy to to surrender that if you're getting a quarter, if you're getting, you know, 2018 Carson Wentz, even if you're getting 2019 Carson Wentz. Yeah, so a couple years on – an expensive but not outrageous deal. I think Wentz was one of the first to sign his new deal, and it was good money, and it's a lot, but it's not uh, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Pete Mah- or, uh, Mahomes money. No, so Pete Mahomes, I, I think I it's like, a fine I like Pete move. Mahomes, his, his twin brother. Yeah. Uh, second and a third, it's better than Jacoby Brissett. It's better than anyone you're going to get for a second it, or a third is round. It better than, is it better than 2019 Phillip Rivers? I think it's at least neutral. Okay. Uh, Philip Rivers really showed us that it was him that always yeah. threw interceptions because Frank Reich runs a pretty, a fairly conservative offense. I want to say Reich was the offensive coordinator when Wentz was vying for MVP 
and having a really good season. Uh, a whole lot of uncertainty in Indianapolis. T.Y. Hilton, don't know if he has anything left or if he's going to be with the team. I, th- I think they're going to run. I think yeah. Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor are going to get the ball a lot. It's how they've built their team. And I think Wentz is good enough to be a plus game manager still. And so I'll just super early, probably only be betting on the Colts running game and probably not going to take too many shots on Wentz or their wide receivers. Yeah. So that's, that's a nat- a nice transition into kind of what our fantasy vi- feelings are for, for Wentz in, in 2021, because there is a potential, like if you in reflecting when this trade went down, I, I looked back on Carson Wentz's stats and it's easy to forget that like 2019, he threw for th- 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Like those are really good numbers. And that's just a year ago. And this t- 2020 kind of descent was seeming not, I mean, kind of out of nowhere. And like you said, Clark, a lot of it came from, it seemed like Carson Wentz playing hero ball, doing too much. And that led to like the 15 interceptions that, and I mean, he's also surrounded by really no one in in Philly. And we'll talk, Philly also got rid of even more of their wide receivers. uh, So we'll talk about that too, but put in an offense where maybe Frank Reich, he's going back into a scheme that he knows and a scheme that prioritizes ball um, possession, playing behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL with a very solid run game, and guys like Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell if he's healthy, you know, Jack Doyle is perpetually always there and doing something. It's I don't think it's out of the out of this world to think that Carson Wentz could at some point in 2020 touch like QB one value, being a top 12 quarterback in fantasy i don't think that you should be drafting him like that i don't think that you should be like if you can maybe buy super low on him in dynasty leagues and and get him that's certainly worthwhile but i i i wouldn't expect carson wentz to come into 2021 and be like start immediately putting up qb1 numbers or even as you love to say clark top six numbers like you know if you're playing in a one qb league qb1 is you want the top half of qb1 um so I, I think that I think that there is a lot of potential for Wentz to return to what we have seen in the past, but I just I'm not entirely sure what the real Carson Wentz is and what we'll see in Indy. I think the the range of outcomes here could be that you know maybe Carson Wentz really just fell off a cliff, but from hold on, my dog's freaking out. Hold on. <laughs> so much later that the old narrator got tired of waiting and they had to hire a new one. Sorry. So the the range of outcomes here, I think, is much more likely that Carson Wentz continues to be a viable quarterback in the NFL because once we've seen someone do it for a year or two, it's it's much more likely that they're going to repeat instead of someone who we're we're just waiting on and, and hoping that it happens. I think going to an offense with an offensive coordinator who seems to be a plus coach. Yeah. It to me. I think the Colts have outperformed expectations the past couple of years. And it's just because they're kind of doing smart stuff. They're playing good defense and running the ball. It's kind of the personnel that they have uh, after like a devastating loss at quarterback, right? <laughs> like the yeah. totally unexpected loss at quarterback. Uh, so I, I think it's more likely that Carson Wentz becomes, you know, a, a 10 to 12 to 15 quarterback who we can spot start and who we yeah. feel good about and who's worthwhile as far as, 
adding to what his wide receivers can do fantasy wise. Uh, of course, the other end of the spectrum is that like whatever he had is gone. And I just don't think that that's it. Uh, watching the games last year, it seemed like Philadelphia just stuck with the plan, even though the plan was obviously not working. And yeah. but they stuck to it. <laughs> you know, Miles Sanders finally had some breakout games, and the Eagles started to look good. And then it seemed like they went away from that. And yeah. I just it doesn't seem like Frank Reich is the kind of coach who's going to do that and force Wentz to just do everything when there was just. The Eagles offensive line was in tatters, you know, like it was just a tough year and people have bad years. So I, I think it's a plus move for Wentz, but I'm not, I'll You're, take him in dynasty for, for a very low cost, but I'm not going to yeah. bank on him becoming Andrew Luck. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's you're not, you're not right. Getting so hyped about him that you're like, kind of like Carson Wentz super sleeper to be a top five quarterback this year in fantasy. Um, yeah, I, I do you we talked about on last week's show, we were giving our favorite des- landing spots for tight ends. And we ultimately kind of came to the conclusion, you particularly, Clark, that uh, it doesn't really matter which tight end goes or which it doesn't really matter the tight end. It matters the landing spot. And in a if a tight end goes to an offense that does accentuate the tight end position, that that will get you more excited than, like, say, Hunter Henry going to whatever team. Uh, given Carson Wentz's propensity, like we've seen him really target the tight end position. The Eagles offense has been really built around Zach Ertz and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Does Wentz in Indy make you more excited about Jack Doyle and Trey Burton? If the Colts were to bring in a tight end, do you, do you see the Colts now as a, as a, like a good spot for tight fantasy tight ends? Or are you still kind of lukewarm on him? I think there's still going to be a spot start situation because Reich does use the tight end and it's tough to tease this out, but even with Brissett, the tight end was getting the ball. Philip Rivers, of course, has a history of going to the tight end and so does Carson Wentz, but like Indy has talented tight ends. I know it's funny. It's fun to make fun of Jack Doyle just being, uh, you know, not the most athletically talented, (laughs) but seems to catch the ball an awful lot. Yeah. And Trey Burton is that unbelievably athletically talented guy who we just really haven't seen put together a season. If they got another tight end, I would be excited about them as a streaming option, but there's, too, there's too many talented players there to spend any draft capital on a tight end uh, who, who's definitely going to share the ball. Yeah. I, I think that's a great like point to enter 2021 with. I would keep a lot of eyes on Jack Doyle or whatever the tight, you know, who knows what their off season is going to look like, but however the tight end depth chart presumably shakes out because it could be something that we do see Carson Wentz very quickly build a rapport with a Jack Doyle or a Trey Burton, or if they have a tight end, just given his propensity for that. But you're right. Uh, neither of them are exciting me as much, just like Wentz. I'm not so excited that I'm, I'm bumping anyone up my rankings. Uh, finally on this bulletin point, the, Michael Pittman Jr. evidently has Carson Wentz has reached out about taking Michael Pittman Jr.'s number 11. And Michael Pittman Jr. has said, no, 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 which led to an interesting conversation on Twitter. And I pose this question to you, Clark. What is the worst number for a quarterback to wear? And why is it 16? Can you wear a zero? I don't know. I feel like they should be able to. I feel like you should, NFL players should be allowed to wear zero or even double zero. Double zero, rock that. For, yeah, for whatever reason, double zero seems cooler. Right, right. I don't know. Just single zero. Number one's kind of lame. Hmm. Sure, throwing shots at Cam Newton. I see. I see. 
same well, same with Kyler Murray. Wow, Clark uh, taking down taking down the young studs of the NFL. Because uh, yes, Cam Newton Cam Newton is a young stud in this NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Newton's like eight years younger than me, and it's like, oh, <laughs> I always hate that. I done that. I especially. NFL, I mean, that's it's still pretty true for the NFL, but like basketball, man, basketball is where it ultimately like you'll see players who are best in the league and you're like, they're 23 years old. Like, God damn it. How? How? How are you this good at anything at 23 years old? Ugh. Um, yeah, I, I think 16 is a really bad quarterback number. And I know Steve Young would beg to differ, but uh, 16 just doesn't do it for me. 19 is also weird. That would be my my final thoughts on the on this. I feel like outside of having fun with it and doing something for charity, quibbling over numbers is the height of tedium. <laughs> like if you do it to raise money, that's awesome. And to like yeah. drum up hyped for like the local food bank, that's great. But if you really care about your number, I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> uh, but you got to think about branding, Clark. Like, I mean, you know, your, your Twitter handle at NFL Clark, you wouldn't suddenly just like start writing about basketball. Cause why would, why would they follow at NFL Clark to talk about basketball? It's all about branding. It's all about branding. When you, when you can market yourself, I'm trying to think like basketball is a great, again, with basketball, like Paul George, PG 13, great. Uh, CP three, Chris Paul, number three. Perfect. What is basketball? Does football having TB 12? There you go. Brady took away Chris Godwin's Carson Wentz 11. That eh, doesn't have the same ring to it. Maybe when should move to 12, just pretend to be Andrew Luck and see if he can kind of uh, harness some of that, some of that power and ability. Uh, on the flip side, do you think that the Eagles are going to stick with Jalen Hurts in 2021 or will they draft a quarterback at the top of the uh, draft this year? You can do both. Jalen Hurts is a second round quarterback. That's not a lot, right? Didn't yes. he go early? Yeah, he second? went, he went in the second round. Yeah, that's not a commitment. That's you're outside of the, first round QB there's just a whole lot of math and science and diagrammical engineering into that uh he's not a first rounder I don't know if someone falls I don't know why you wouldn't take them the Eagles have been pretty good drafters uh what was the the tackle Dylan that they drafted when they just oh yeah didn't need anyone right in front of the Texans they just they seem to be right <laughs> not that you're holding on to that for for yeah. for you know not that that's crushing. I wouldn't reach for one I mean I think you're going to start Jalen Hurts this year. Yeah. That's just seems pretty obvious. But- I would hope so. He looked, I mean, again, we, I got on Denver for getting all excited about Drew Locke and his five starts back when he, you know, played whatever back was that 2018 uh, when he did that or 2019. And so obviously I need to temper my excitement for Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts did look really good uh, in his starts this year and also just looked explosive and exciting and from a fantasy standpoint like that rushing ability was certainly something that was uh had a lot of people salivating but um yeah i and if i mean if the eagles if the eagles are fully committed and like put weapons in around him who i will be very excited for jalen hurts in 2021 fantasy football if the eagles draft quarterback in the first round with their whatever it's seventh pick overall then uh, my my Jalen Hurts excitement will be tempered. But right as of now, I would draft Jalen Hurts in fantasy over Carson Wentz. I feel like that's not that hot a take. Rushing is cheating for quarterbacks. It is. Right. So it's, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Um, uh, that's all we got for that trade. But let, there was some Eagles news that went down. This is I had this at the end of the news, but since we're talking about the Eagles, the Eagles got younger wide receiver. They released uh, Deshaun Jackson and now Sean Jeffrey. So 
Do either of these guys have more left in them, Clark? Deshaun Jackson <laughs> is my Danny Woodhead. I know. Of recent. Like, him. I cannot stop drafting Deshaun Jackson in, like, the 14th round. So, if he gets signed, I will probably be like, Perfect. sneaky 15th round pick. Deshaun Jackson, guys. He's fast. Deshaun Jackson to the San Francisco 49ers. How early do you draft him? Right. I mean, 13th round, right? Like, it's, Is there any team I'm, that pu- pu- pushes him into single digits for you? No. Because I've been hurt so much. (laughs) Alshon Jeffrey has nothing left. I'll get sneaky and take a kicker on a team that I think is going to score a ton and then maybe go for D-Jax and then we'll just pick a defense who's got a good week one matchup. Like that's my D-Jax level. Alshon Jeffrey. D-Jax after a kicker. Wow. Tough end to 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 a pretty good career, man. Like when he was at his best, he was very, very good. So... I'll remember those times. Yeah, it was a bummer that he never really kind of pieced it together in Philly. Uh, I mean, he had those two years early in his Chicago career where he had plus, you know, what, 1,400 yards in 2013 and then 1,100 yards in 2014. And then in Philly, he only went over 800 yards once and just kind of dealt with injuries and just didn't really find he wasn't the same super productive wide receiver uh, that he was in Chicago. So kind of a bummer. I'm sure he'll... I don't know. I don't know what he'll do. Do you, do you, where would you rank him along with uh, perceived veterans on the market? AJ Green and T.Y. Hilton. You don't care. Oh, he's, he's behind those two guys. Okay. Okay. Cool. Just, you know, getting a gauge. Going to cut in quickly for a very brief but very important ad break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back to whatever it was we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, all right, in quarterback news, more quarterback news, Ben Roethlisberger has come out and says he wants to play next year for the Steelers. However, general manager Kevin Colbert has said, quote, we told him, quite frankly, we have to look at this situation. Do the Pittsburgh Steelers, A, move on from Ben Roethlisberger, B, aggressively go get a uh, a viable backup quarterback to more or less replace him or C say, fuck it, let's run it back and let's see how far Big Ben's noodle arm can take us. So unless they get Trixie in the draft and really just want to run a rookie quarterback out there, I mean, they, have, they don't have any choice except to play Roethlisberger again. I think I could see them setting up the tone for we want you to want it. We want you to get skinny. We want you to go down to Tampa Bay and drink some baby blood with Tom Brady (laughs) and rejuvenate your career. 
and and we're going to bring someone else in and you better be nice to him i that i feel like is a decent message to send because what else are they gonna do mm-hmm. right i mean like, would you rather good quarterbacks out there i feel like what? to me this is like a perfect cam newton spot i would love cam newton in pittsburgh because i think that he sure he feels like a a good big Ben replacement can throw it down the field is a big physical guy can obviously, obviously run with the football. And I just, I, I think the Steelers and it seems like they are, which is good of them. And I mean, like they are a smart organization. They need to be thinking about this, but like they need to get a backup. Who's basically a starting quarterback because Ben Roth, like if Ben Roethlisberger continues to struggle, they're, they're not, you can't turn over to duck Hodges or Mason Rudolph. Like you need to have someone back there who who can actually you know carry this team i also journeyman ryan fitzpatrick hasn't finished every single afc team yet <laughs> this this would continue to help it collect all whatever 16 infinity stones cam's gonna be an interesting topic this offseason he had a rough year but i watched a lot of those games and not like i'm some genius or anything but patriots just did not look good just all around and so I, uh, I'll be in again on Cam Newton at, at a price. I mean, not at a high price, but like if he went to Pittsburgh, I'd, I'd be very excited. I'll drink the Kool-Aid again. Like I, I don't think Cam looked great, but there was so much going on around him. Uh, I mean, Jacoby Myers is your wide receiver one. Like yeah, he, when you could have a good career, but boy, that's a lot to ask of Jacoby Myers. Uh, so I'd, I'd be excited about Cam. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think uh, there have been a lot of reports, or it seems like Cam has been in the news recently, uh, and and um, hopefully he's going to – I want him to stay around in New England because, yeah, I am not a uh, – there are New England fans who are like, Cam Newton sucked. He was the reason our offense was garbage. And no, dumbass New England fans, uh, the reason our offense was garbage was because we didn't have anyone for him to throw the football to. So – I think there's obviously limitations in Cam's game um, that has come with age, come with multiple, you know, shoulder surgeries and injuries, but he has, there were things that he did extremely well last year and with good offensive talent around him, he really could thrive. Uh, So I would, I think Pittsburgh would be a great landing spot for him, but I would also love for him to stay in new England. I am not selling my Cam Newton dynasty shares there. There's my level of confidence in him. Oh, me neither. You're not going to get anything for him. And there's potential, there's, Big growth potential like it could remain nothing but you're getting nothing for it right now so i mean that is the ultimate hold just because you can't sell it for anything so um the franchise tag is getting handed out on tuesday i believe which is actually the day you'll be listening to this as we record these on monday nights but uh likely franchise tag candidates Dak prescott obviously seems like he is destined for it uh chris godwin has also been batted around as someone who will get it from the Buccaneers and Kenny Galladay getting the franchise tag for the Detroit Lions, which seems, yeah, Clark is giving wow. me wide eyes because that I it doesn't make sense to me for obviously Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, I mean, get get the hell out of Detroit. Kenny Galladay but, on speed dial with Calvin Johnson right now discussing <laughs> their love for the Detroit Lions. Hall of Fame, Calvin Johnson. Um, yeah, for the Lions too, it doesn't really make sense because you're going to be paying a lot of money for, I mean, I understand you want to keep talent in house, but Kenny Galladay has been dealing with injuries the last couple, like he, he, he wasn't on the field this year. You're 
Jared Goff is your quarterback question mark and you're probably going to lose Marvin Jones. It just seems to me that the Detroit Lions need to do a restart, flush everything out and like build from the ground up and franchise tagging, unless you're intending on like a a tag and trade franchise tagging uh, Kenny Galladay doesn't seem the best thing in the world to do, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe a sign and trade. I don't know. You wonder what the incoming head coach is is thinking i'm a i I, his name escapes me i know some people are pretty excited about it the lions aren't completely bereft of talent but i think it's gonna be a pretty tough year if the coach uh doesn't want to do the rebuild and wants to ride golf for a year and draft a quarterback and kind of do that deal i could see keeping holiday around because he man just those you know, Alshon Jeffrey, those tall gazelles, yeah. just it's really hard to get the crap beat out of you at the NFL level. And if you already have ankle problems and leg problems, well, they just seem to not go away. But he's a young guy. I I would want to keep him around so that I could trade him for like a second round pick to somebody or something instead. But he, he's he's good. Defenses have to respect oh, yeah. him. When he plays, he sucks the safeties over that side. Hundred percent. No, I mean, I I don't want this to happen because I want Kenny Galladay to go a team where he's actually fantasy viable. I I don't know how much I'm going to put any faith into the Lions' offense this year in fantasy, except for maybe T.J. Hawkinson, even DeAndre Swift. Like this is what pains me. Is it's like I would love for DeAndre Swift to be like a a, a chess piece in this offense and, and move all over. And with uh, who's their OC? Their head coach is is kneecapper himself, Dan Campbell. Uh, whom I don't really entrust to have the, I mean, I don't know what their offense is going to look like, but if they decide to just run DeAndre Swift down the middle of their offensive line three times and hope they gain 10 yards, I don't think it's going to work too well for them, but who knows? And the Kenny Galladay tag was a little so They have a couple of exciting running backs and Jared Goff, so I would run. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would also run away from this team. So there's a lot of running happening in and around Detroit. And speaking of running backs, my final news bulletin, Chris Carson, unlikely to be re-signed by the Seahawks, according to The Athletic, which we had talked about uh, back when we did our favorite running back landing spot. Chris Carson, yes, he dealt with some injuries, um, but he is, I think, a very underrated running back, both in the NFL and in fantasy football. The guy puts up extremely solid numbers, and in an offense where I, I, I... it's crazy to say like an offense that would highlight him more than the Seahawks. Cause the Seahawks can't stop running the ball and love to run the football. But I think that there's, I'm very curious as to where he lands because he's coming off of, I mean, in 2019, he had 1200 yards, 2018, 1100 yards. And then this year he only played 12 games, but still racked up 600 yards, 4.8 yards per attempt. Like he's a good running back. Yeah, I agree. I've, I, <sighs> I would feel very comfortable betting this is negotiating through the media and Carson's going to go back to Seattle on a pretty decent little two-year deal that's not outstanding, but that's what Chris Carson is. I agree with you. He's good. I mean, he runs really hard. I know sometimes we get infatuated with the Tony Pollards of the world, and this is something Nick and I need to talk about on the podcast this summer uh, because I, I really believe getting that three yards on second and three is incredibly important and underrated in statistics, uh, but maybe overrated in film watching. And there's, we probably both need to 
kind of come to a more centrist or, or well, I, I may need to come to a more centrist approach there. And Chris Carson's really good at getting that three yards on second and yeah. three. And that keeps drives alive, not super flashy, but runs super hard and puts up good numbers. He is a, he's a must start when yes, he plays hundred percent fantasy. wise. Yeah. And so I think that that's, you know, there's, there are a few running backs on the market who could change teams and, and Chris, Chris Carson seemingly, as you said, it could be a, a you know, a negotiation tactic and he might stick around in Seattle and he might be heading to a different team, which is something I'll certainly monitor. Um, if he leaves, I'm, I hate to paint with such a broad brush stroke because there's 31 other, I'm not very excited if he leaves. Mm, interesting he's, he's the kind of running back who would go to a new team and it seems like he's the kind of running back who would go to a new team and disappoint i don't know the seahawks offense mm. like god defenses have to pay a lot of attention to russell wilson and that can help you well yeah especially when you got dk metcalf and tyler lockett running down the uh outsides yeah, yeah you're right chris carson could well, be i just don't know why they wouldn't bring him back like five i don't know why you five and a half I mean, yeah year for three years or something i mean He's Especially young. since He's Rashad Penny hasn't shown you really anything. Like, it's not like you guys, have, you have like someone clearly who's going to, you know, step into that role. Except for maybe Russell Wilson, because, you know, maybe he's just your new running back. Pete Carroll, the ultimate, uh, I told you so, slots Russell Wilson as running back and drafts. <laughs> yes. Carson he Palmer. says, how how dare you talk ill about the offensive line that I've put you in front of? You, you don't want to take so many hits? We're going to make you a running back, and now you're going to have to take all of the hits. it'll help uh, promote Russell Wilson's nano bubble technology. He won't get injured anyways. So I'm going to be bold with zero consequences and say that Chris Carson plays for Seattle next year. (laughs) Is there a better way to be bold than with zero consequences? You heard it here first. (laughs) You heard it here first. I love the, the, the news bulletin, Chris Carson likely not to sign with the Seahawks conclusion of our conversation. Chris Carson's back at Seattle. Ignore the news. Um, before we go, you ready for some quick breaking news? Our way. Nothing really incredible, but Sam Darnold is generating quote real trade interest per Ian Rappaport. The jets, I think are, are playing it slow. You know, I think they're going to do their due diligence as to whether or not there's a rookie quarterback. They're actually intrigued by drafting, but in this year of quarterback turnover, we, uh, oh, man, we might see Pittsburgh, Sam Darnold. Yes. You just, Oh, there you go. Take my first. Yes. Take everything. And I'll give you money. And then let's do it. That's I, I think Darnold's good. I mean, not like maybe the best in the league, but God, he, he really flashes some good games. uh, He makes got out of the way. Yeah. He makes some throws. Like he can, he can make every throw. And sometimes he does ridiculous pat. He exactly what you said, where it's like, he was able to flash outside of Adam Gase's offense that like kind of held him contained. If I were the jets, it's one of those instances where it's like when you're at the top of the draft, like you should take the quarterback, especially in a class where there are a, you know, a handful of good quarterbacks, obviously Trevor Lawrence is number one, but you know, there, there are guys in this class who, who are well worth drafting, but I would have a hard time moving on from San Darnold when you've only seen him under Adam Gase and you know, Adam Gase is not a quarterback whisperer because the only time he was ever a quarterback whisperer, he had Peyton Manning. So you can't really call yourself a quarterback whisperer when you're whispering to one of the best five quarterbacks in NFL history. And fortunately for entertainment purposes, it has become a, I'm not kidding running joke 
that leaving Gase is so good for our so good stars. for you. It is proven. It is like a hundred batting a hundred so far, or batting a thousand. There's 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 the correct term, but but yes, the the players leaving Adam Gase and then suddenly becoming really good, batting a thousand. So if I were the Jets, I would obviously obviously listen. You always listen to to any kind of trade offer, but. Uh, I would be hesitant to move Sam Darnold, but if I, you make a great point, as we were talking about Pittsburgh earlier in the pod, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, you are calling the calling the Jets, and you are saying take whatever you want. We we would love to have Sam Darnold under house. Yeah, I I was wrong about uh, Josh Rosen. I guess I, I'm Poor bitterly admitting that. I just I feel there's got to be a couple teams that would give you a first for Sam. I mean San Francisco, yeah, uh, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Ugh. right? Yes. Like I don't know, man. I mean, they I've, they they never trade with the Patriots, but I, I mean, is BB not going to send a first for a young quarterback who he thinks he can mold? Maybe not, but maybe. I guess at 15, you could hope someone falls to you. But yeah, Sam Darnold in Pittsburgh or in San Francisco, whew, sign me up. Yes, please. Well, that's all we got. You know, we're in the we're in the doldrums of the NFL offseason. Things are slow right now. So it's just gonna be quick low pods. And that's what's beautiful. You're just gonna hear our voices quick and concise. We're in, we're out. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Fake Teams Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and basketball shows. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Peter M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Uh, we will be back at you next week. Until then, peace. <laughs>